This podcast is brought to you by Estee Lauder Company's UK and Ireland's breast cancer campaign. The campaign helped to make the opening of Future Dreams House possible and continues to raise millions to help end breast cancer. The house offers practical and emotional support to those diagnosed with the disease. Hello, I'm Victoria Derbyshire. I was 46 years old and getting on with my happy life. I didn't feel as though I had a care in the world. And then came breast cancer. This is the second series of this podcast brought to you by the Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity. And it's for those of you who've experienced a moment like that. It's for all the challenges and hurdles you'll try to overcome. And it's for everyone in your life who's affected by your diagnosis. Family, friends, work colleagues, the people who care for you, who hold you close the people you lean on. In series one, we talked about all sorts of things, hair loss, faith, secondary or advanced breast cancer, what happens with your work, your own relationship that you have with your own breasts, and so much more. On this episode, something that comes up a lot, the fear of breast cancer coming back. I have two women to talk about that very real fear and One woman who can hopefully give us some advice to manage that fear. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. I wonder if you could introduce yourselves. Hi, my name's Hannah and I'm a high school teacher based in Cardiff. I was diagnosed this year at 38 years old and I'm currently on treatment, um, tamoxifen, ongoing for 10 years now. So that's me. Hi, I'm Nikki Weller. I'm uh, I'm actually 59 now. I was diagnosed at 49, 2012, uh, so coming up for nearly 10 years. Um, and I had everything, tamoxifen and chemo and radiotherapy and also a whole year of aseptin. So it was pretty gruelling. But um, I was in the music business and I kind of give that all up, but I'm kind of getting back in there now and I'm working on a water bus in Little Venice, uh, which is amazing. What is a water bus? Sorry to ask such a stupid question because I, I can imagine what a water bus is, but just so I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I live in Little Venice near Maida Vale and there's a, a, a literally a water bus service that goes every morning, yeah. every day actually, every hour. And, and I do the commentary on it and it goes from Little Venice to Camden and then back again. And so my lovely boss at the moment is doing my two trips for the before lunch so I can do this. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. you're very welcome, Nikki. Thank um, you. And finally, we have... Rachel. Um, hello, everybody. And uh, I am a nurse and have been a nurse specialist for about 25 years in uh, breast cancer. And I work for the charity Breast Cancer Now, supporting and informing women around all aspects of breast cancer and their families and friends. And I've been working here for about 14 years. Well, you're very welcome as well, Rachel. So what we're going to do is chat to Hannah and Nikki and then and really and really sort of get under the skin of this anxiety about the, the, the potential return of breast cancer. And then, Rachel, I'd like to bring you in a bit later on just to talk about how we can what advice you can give, what, what sort of managing techniques that, that, sure. that we should employ. Let me ask you, first of all, Nikki, what sort of character are you how would you describe your personality quite optimistic actually Mm. um but I think when I got the cancer it kind of just knocks you for six and um you know a couple of years of sort of grueling uh treatment 
um, you can't help but think, you know, even 10 years down the line that it's going to come back and every tweak or lump or anything you feel, you just kind of, you know, you sort of panic about that, I think. But I am a quite an optimistic person and I do just try and, try and get on with life. Hannah, what about yourself? How would you describe your character? I am a naturally um, anxious person. I am a I am a worrier, and I think that comes from being a perfectionist and a bit of a control freak, as well. When it comes to to certain things, um, but aside from that, my personality and character, I'd say I'm a homebird. Um, I live close to all my family. Um, I like simple things. I love my friends. Love my dog. Um, you know, so yeah, just just quite easy going really and, and relaxed. But I do have this other side to me, mm. which all my family and friends will know about now where I do get very anxious. I want to know the ins and outs of everything. And yeah, I, I do I, I do feel that that way about things. And when it came to my diagnosis and the scans, the images, the biopsies, the mastectomy the medication, everything to do with my diagnosis. I I just needed to know absolutely every little thing. I wanted to see the scans. I wanted to know about the pathology. I wanted to know about the side effects of everything. If it was something to find out, I needed to know it. It was just that the way I could try to glean on to a bit of control I guess or latch on to a bit of control I was absolutely the same as you Hannah I I want I needed I asked a million questions what about you Nikki I did Mm. I used to take a notepad every time I went to see one of my oncologists or my my specialist and Mm. yeah I used to have to write everything down and you know be exactly clear on what was going to happen next and what how was I going to feel and what was going to happen you know so yeah I, I'm I'm kind of with you on that yeah and I think that is Hannah as you said yeah. that is about trying to maintain a tiny bit of control because when you get a diagnosis as we know you are not in control I mean you're no. really not and that's yeah. that's a really hard thing to deal with but you're both really interesting and I'm glad you're both here because, Hannah, you were diagnosed at the beginning of this year, as you said. Nikki, you were diagnosed in yeah. 2012. So I really want to compare where you are in terms of this real fear that breast cancer might come back. First of all, Hannah, do you think your breast cancer might come back? There's not a day that goes by that I don't worry it might be a very quick worry. It might be quite a big intrusive worry that day, but there's not a day that goes by where I am not worrying for whatever stretch of time about breast cancer coming back. Yeah. Now, I wonder if that's because you were only diagnosed very recently. So let's compare it with Nikki. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it, it does it does crop up a lot. And to be honest with you, the tamoxifen, I have not agreed with the tamoxifen one little bit. I've had to have a full hysterectomy because of it. I've now got a non-alcoholic liver disease because of it. I've had all sorts of, just one of those things where it's just affected me. I've, I've not sailed through tamoxifen at all. Mm-hmm. And they've told me I've got six more months, go for it. Then you'll be 10 years free, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought I was going to finish that five years ago. But to be honest with you, I, I there is an anxiety. There's always an anxiety. You can't help that. But my, I think my mechanism is by keeping busy. I just 
you know, everything. I can't sit still. I'm always doing something, you know, working or or even knitting. I love knitting. So even at night when I'm trying to relax, I'm, I've got to knit or I've got to do make something or do something. So I think that's my mechanism. But were you not like, sorry, were you not like that before, Nikki? You strike me as the sort of person that is a doer. Yeah, probably. Mm. Probably. I think I've become a little bit, I think I've become a little bit worse, actually. Have you? My partner, my partner, Russell, would tell you that anyway. Just, yeah. you know, he's just like, oh my God, a day off and you never sit still. Um, so yeah, I probably was like that before. Mm. Um, but I just, I, I think it's always with you. You can't help that. I just think, you know, whether you think about it every day, I don't think about it every day, but, you know, like I say, if there's a pain or mm. I don't feel well or something else, you just can't help thinking, or oh, is it come back again? You know, because especially mine was like an estrogen sort of fed uh, tumor, and you know the tamoxifen obviously is an estrogen blocker. Mm. And I just think, if I really, really stop that now, you know, because it would make me feel better, would it? Would it really come back? And so you've always got, you know, and I've lost, I've lost friends, I've lost um, relations as well through breast cancer. So you know, it, it, it is a. Yeah, it is quite traumatic, actually, yeah. sometimes when you think about it. Uh, for those listening who want to know what tamoxifen yeah. is, um, as, as Nikki explained, it's an estrogen blocker. So for certain breast cancers, your oncologist will prescribe tamoxifen, which is simply a tablet that you take every night or every morning for up to 10 years, which they say will uh, help prevent breast can- cancer coming back. It's not, it's not a panacea, but it will help. That's what they say. And and when I was prescribed it, I said, and so what happens after 10 years? Like, do I fall off a cliff? Is that when I die then? Exactly. And, and what, what my oncologist said to me was, well, look, they just haven't done the research past 10 years. So, you know, I couldn't argue with that. And tamoxifen has a number of side effects and Nikki's described some of them and it also includes joint pain and all sorts of things. Yeah. And there are different ways to manage that. And we're going to do a separate episode on tamoxifen, so do not worry. But Nikki, you said... Every pain, every, you know, ache, do you think, oh, is that breast cancer coming back? Hannah, yeah. you said it's every single day. Are you telling us that it, yeah. it, it, it completely fills your head, that it's consuming you? I wouldn't say that it consumes me because I try not to allow it to consume me. And I have a, a huge amount of support through lots of different groups and people to, to try and keep my anxiety in check, um, which, you know, I think it would be lovely to, to share because they've been so helpful for me. Um, so I wouldn't say it consumes me, but there isn't a day that goes by where it doesn't enter my head, whether it's for 10 seconds or whether I'm ruminating over it for, you know, longer than that, it, it, it does enter my head and it kind of, it, it does still control me really because whilst it doesn't consume me all day, every day anymore, it does control me because it has an impact on what I eat, what I do, what I drink or don't drink, you know, all of those things, it has that knock-on effect mm. with. Um, and it's all about trying to make sure I don't get cancer again, ultimately. Um, again, trying to, to get back some some control. So, mm. so, yeah, that's where I am at the moment. I think, Hannah, though, you also, you have to kind of, I think you will kind of get over that. Um, you know, I, I, I was like that in the first two years, but then I was full of treatment. So I really was so ill. I didn't really care about anything, to be honest with you. But I think uh, over the years, you will actually 
get used to that and you will it will stop you know you will stop thinking about it every single day um obviously it's always in the back of your head but I do think you you will it will kind of come to you it's only you know it's very sort of early days for you isn't it yeah yeah and that's very reassuring to hear and the specialists keep telling me that which is really you know reassuring and positive so yeah it's early days and gosh, I'm a million miles away from where I was a few months ago because of the the support that I'm getting. Um, but it, it, it does still, you know, it takes up a, a large part of my life. Yeah. But it's very reassuring to know it's not always going to be that way. Mm. You said you're a teacher, Hannah. Are you talking to, like we're on Zoom, all of us now. Are you talking to us from school? I'm just looking behind you. I can see a whiteboard with some stuff on a bit of paper. Are you at school now? <laughs> I am in school. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in my classroom. Right. I, I am in school. I've I've come and hidden. Yeah, I am in school. Because I can, obviously, when you're with the kids, I don't. What what age do you teach, Hannah? I teach secondary age children, Fine. so they're eleven to sixteen. Right. So during the school day, you will not have a second. I would have thought for breast cancer to come into your head. So I wonder if you think you. It's almost like you've got two lives. You've got your normal working yeah. life, which is so busy, and then when you've got time on your own to think, that's when your head starts to get anxious. Yeah, that's hit the nail on the head, Victoria. I, I, you know, when people ask me how I am, if I'm being really honest with them, I'll say I feel like I live parallel lives at the moment because I've got some normality back in my life but at the same time there's all this other stuff going on as well that I'm still trying to navigate and I'm still trying to manage so I feel like I lead two separate lives which sometimes overlap Mm. but it's like having yeah two worlds at the moment that's where I am yeah okay I mean to be honest with you when I when I was going through all my treatment I didn't think I'd ever work again I thought that was that was the end of my life I really did and I'd been in the music business since I was 21 you know and I just thought that's it I'm never going to be going on tour or doing anything like that ever again and then about a year after all my um except herceptin and everything finished I was suddenly doing exhibitions and curating exhibitions and it's just like wow this is you know you actually can get on and you can do things again Mm. and I've got to be honest with you Hannah that's exactly how I felt for about two years with my treatment it was so grueling um and I just thought this is this is the end really but it's not you know yeah um I want to ask you what treatment you both had. I mean, you've mentioned some of it, Nikki, but you Mm. had, uh, I think I'm right in saying you had a lumpectomy. Is that correct? I did, yeah. I had a lumpectomy and I had about four um, lymph nodes taken out. And then I had a very tough, um, they put me straight on tamoxifen, which then obviously takes you straight into the menopause. And then I had a very short burst of... um, uh, extremely strong uh, chemo. Mm. Don't ask me what it was. It was red. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> Rachel will know what this is. Uh, and then I had about nine weeks of radiotherapy, mm. which took me up to Christmas when I'd lost all my hair and everything. And that was kind of a bit, that was tough as well. And then um, then they put me on a whole year of Herceptin after that, which was a, an injection. I had a port cap actually at that time because my veins had collapsed. Mm. And so that was every week going to the hospital, uh, every three weeks going to the hospital, and, you know, as if you were having chemo again, just a drug put inside you, mm. which has completely changed now. This is an injection that you have at home. And it's just, it's incredible how stuff's come on in the last nine, 10 years. 
you know so um yeah i mean that's that's that sounds to when i hear about a friend of mine's going through herceptin she's like oh i can have it at home mm. it's like wow that's that's amazing yeah. that that's you know what's there's, happened you're right there's been such progress in the last decade amazing. in terms of treating yeah. breast cancer and mm. hannah you had yeah. a single mastectomy is that correct I did, yeah. So um, I was diagnosed in February of this year. And when I was diagnosed, they weren't sure whether it needed to be a lumpectomy followed by radiotherapy or a mastectomy. And then who knows, who knows what? Mm. It would depend on pathology. And um, yeah, I was told in the end, this has to be a mastectomy. There's no other choice. So I had my breast removed, my right breast removed on the 31st of March of this year. Which is 2021 Um, for those who might be listening to this podcast next year or the year after. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. And and then, yeah, when the pathology results came back, um, they just said, look, because when it was removed, they thought that it was extensive high-grade DCIS that was basically splattered all over the, you know, everywhere. There was loads of it in there. Mm. And um, when the pathology came back, they found that there was a sneaky little invasive ductal carcinoma starting to grow in there as well. Um, I didn't need chemotherapy because of the size and the grade of the tumour. Um, I didn't need the radiotherapy because all of my margins were more than clear, so they told me. Mm. Um, but I did need to go on tamoxifen for, for 10 years, okay, which is what I'm on now. And it's, you know, I was really scared of um, tamoxifen and that was another added anxiety, but... I was just so much more afraid of the breast cancer coming back that I would do anything. I'll take anything. I said, you mm. know, I'll do anything. Just give me whatever you can Absolutely. To, to try and to try and stop this happening again. Well, well let me yeah. ask you then, you had the right breast removed. If you just told mm-hmm. us you will do anything to stop it coming back, are you considering having your left breast removed? Yes, I am. Yeah. So um, it's it's not mainly for um, risk-reducing purposes, but it's for symmetry and ah, it okay. does have the added benefit. But but it does have the added benefit to me in my mind of, of reducing the risk. I mean, you know, I've been told that there's more risk of it coming back in the area where I've had the breast removed in the chest wall and around that area um, than it is coming back in the opposite than it is ever coming in the opposite breast Um, but for me I just feel that well if I want it done for symmetry purposes it's almost like killing two birds with one stone for me I think well it's it you know not having any breast tissue there is going to help my mind as well Mm. yeah can I tell you what I feel about the risk of breast com- breast cancer returning to me. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have made a decision not to spend a second of time or any of my energy worrying about breast cancer coming back, and that was from the moment I ended treatment, because I really, as we all will have done. I thought life is so bloody short now. We literally don't know what's around mm-hmm. the next corner. 
I am not going to wait. I am determined. I'm not going to waste my time. And some people have said to me, but how can you just make that decision and make it happen? Well, I just did. Yeah. I made that decision because, because we have to live. Whatever time we've got yeah. left, we've got to live. We've got to not just exist in the time we've got no, left. We've got, got to, to go for it, haven't we? Yeah. What treatment did you have, Victoria? I had uh, a mastectomy, a single mastectomy, like Hannah. And then, like you, I had chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and I'm on tamoxifen still. Um, and and it, you know, through the it was 301 days my treatment lasted, and each day I focused on getting through that day. And by the end of it, I was oh my god, it's done. I'm going to draw a line under it. I'm not saying I'm not saying my head w- wasn't a bit all over the shop. Like, no. whoa, what the hell just happened? <laughs> but 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 I made that decision then, and I feel like I've generally kept to it so I, I it can be done I think yeah but that's not to say it's not challenging so no, I want to bring in Rachel at this point Rachel <laughs> Rawson uh, from Breast Cancer Now Associate Director Nursing at Breast Cancer Now and how long have you been a nurse for would you say in total Rachel oh gosh nearly 40 years okay well you're the perfect person then aren't you <laughs> um, long in the tooth first yeah. of all tell us I mean, have you heard stories like Hannah's and Nikki's before in terms of oh, their anxiety? Oh, every, every day, mm. every day on our helpline. I mean, many of you will know that are listening that we have a helpline at Breast Cancer now. And yes, the anxiety that comes with the diagnosis is very, very real. You go through treatment, and I don't know if any of you have found this, you come to the end of treatment and your whole surroundings, the people who love you and care for you are very much about, great, it's all done. Now we can get back to normal. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that in itself, I mean, I, we answer so many calls like that every day and every day we say, this is normal because actually you've got yourself through treatment. It's been really tough, but now some of the really hard work for many people will start because it's getting used to what's happened to your body, dealing with the side effects, dealing with how you're feeling physically and mentally. And you're still, for most people, continuing on some form of treatment, yet to the outside world, you are. It's all over. Nikki, Hannah, Victoria, (laughs) those people who you were before, Mm. functioning with your families, whatever it is that you have to do, your day-to-day work. And I'm sure when you've gone back to work, everybody expects you to be functioning as you were before. Mm. Um, And that is really, really difficult because you're exhausted. Mm. Fatigue is a huge thing. Dealing with side effects of of tamoxifen or whatever treatment that you're on, which is a long-term treatment, I mean, we again, it's, a, you know, it's that thing, it's not a walk in the park. It really isn't. The side effects that people get from hormone therapy, just to name one treatment, are huge. And the decisions that women make about stopping treatment, and many women will stop treatment because they can't cope with the side effects without the support or without having that conversation with their healthcare professionals. And I would encourage all women to keep talking to your healthcare professional. If you're having effects, side effects that you're finding difficult to cope with, there will be other ways around it. So keep talking. Um, That would be something that I would say that's really, really important. Okay, but how do we manage the anxiety? How do we manage this this fear of it recurring? 
again, we come back to the person that you were before. And I think you've all made a really good point about that. And Victoria, you didn't say what kind of person you were before you you came to breast cancer. Were you somebody who was quite positive and upbeat and yeah. kind of go on and get on? I mean, I've got elements of Nikki and I've got elements of Hannah, actually, when, when they were both describing their own personalities. So I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm glass half full. I feel like I'm positive. I feel like I want to be busy. I want to be doing stuff. And I'm also a bit of a control freak. So obviously having a breast cancer diagnosis was a total nightmare. Mm. Um, And I think I'm, I feel like I'm the same person, but times a hundred because I'm trying to cram it all in in case I do drop dead, in case breast cancer (laughs) does come back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? For women in general, control is huge in our lives. We have to control so much and some of us will do it to a lesser or greater degree. And when you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you lose pretty much control of everything. So you have to hang on to something and knowing what your treatment is. And for many women, they'll do exactly what you all did, which was get as much information as they can. And control is power. So um, in terms of dealing with anxiety, that can be really, really important. Other things that were just coming to my mind as you were all talking was, yes, early days, Things do for most people get better as time goes on in terms of anxiety. There will always be that anxiety when you're coming up to appointments, maybe having mammograms, maybe having checks. The anxiety about diet, eating, what you're eating, what you're drinking, are you doing the wrong thing? Are you whatever it is, Mm. all of those things. Can you do something to stop the breast cancer coming back? Something that you can control. It's all about control yeah. again. Just on that point, Rach, before you carry mm. on, um, Nikki, you talked about changing your diet at the, soon after treatment. Hannah, you're, you've obviously changed things because you told us a little earlier. Yeah. I did the same. I gave up dairy for a bit, um, thinking that that will help um, stop breast cancer coming back. You know, you want to do as much as you can. And I said to my consultant, oh, I've given up dairy. He said, there is no evidence that giving up dairy no. will stop no. breast cancer. And you know no. what? All the things that I used to do that were not that great like you know drink wine and um you know eat some chocolates i do it all now because it was five years ago nikki i don't know if you're the same if do you you, have you changed anything long term or not and well only recently because of this diagnosis of this liver this um non-alcoholic liver disease i've i make my own green shakes in the morning i'm really really careful about i mean i've lost about i've lost nearly two stone in the last two months have you and they've yeah, they've told me I've got to lose another stone and a half and I'm going wow. to stick to it. Um, and to be honest with you, there's a few things out of that diet that I wouldn't change anyway. And I'm not a big crisp or chocolate right. eater or anything like that. I mm. never have been. My my problem is, is that I don't do enough exercise. And I work on the boats and I walk every day, but mm. <laughs> apparently that's not enough. Yeah. Um, so now, and there, to, well, on exercise, you know, that is interesting. There is research. And we, again, we did an episode in series one on exercise. There yeah. is research that shows yeah. that doing exercise can help stop breast cancer yeah. returning. Anyway, I've completely interrupted you, Rachel. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about <laughs> managing techniques, what, what we do. So, I mean, I'm going to go back on to what Nikki was saying about diet and exercise and mm. what you were saying, Victoria. Diet and exercise, there, there is good evidence that keeping your weight within the normal limits for your height yeah. will reduce the risk of recurrence. So yeah. you're doing all the right things there. Exercise is brilliant. And when we're thinking about anxiety and how we function with anxiety, if you can exercise, and Nikki, walking's brilliant exercise, mm. 
Brisk walking, if you can pull that into your day, mm. it will give you endorphins. It will yeah. strengthen up your muscles. If you've got any joint pain, it will help yeah. with that. So uh, really, and it will reduce your anxiety mm. yeah. hugely. So, so, Anybody who has anxiety, it, yeah. it will Fits. help. Fitbit, oh, yes. like Nikki's showing us a <laughs> Fitbit. Now, how many steps today, Nikki? Oh, not enough. So I've far. Done seven 7,000, it's not enough. Not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> not bad. We're, we're halfway through the day and you've done 7,000. Is your wow. aim, is 10 your aim? 10,000? Double, no, it's double that usually, 15,000. Oh, yeah. She's good. She's good. <laughs> really, really um, good. But so I think what you're saying, Rachel, if, uh, is that if we can do things like, you know, not make sure we eat, eat, not over the top so we're not overweight do some a bit of exercise which is good for your physical health and mental health that is doing something constructive which helps us feel powerful and taking some control of our Mm. health which should help prevent breast cancer reoccurring is that what you're saying yes yeah absolutely that's you know there's lots of evidence out there the other thing that i would say and many people do is keep a journal if you can just jot down, and it might work better for you, Hannah, now that you're quite early on, mm. but if you jot down each day, whatever it is, I walked for 5,000 steps today, or I did whatever it is, you will see that as the days, weeks, months, my mood is five today, yesterday yeah. it was two, tomorrow it's seven. You know, you can see very quickly how you're changing and how it might be a slow process, but how you're moving through that anxiety and what you're doing to deal with it. And that might help you to see that old adage of the wood for the trees. Mm. That's a brilliant yeah. bit of advice. I've kept yes, a journal since I got diagnosed, actually. Have mm. you? I could write a book. Yeah, I've got books. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Diaries. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I've kept a diary since I was nine. <gasps> and I have written a book. Um, oh wow! I've got oh God, how many? I don't know how many it is. So what is it? No, I, there was one year I missed, 2012. I missed, but what is that? Between I'm now 53, so I've got all those diaries in my wardrobe, which I never look at. Occasionally, I might go, "Oh, what year was it? Did I go and see Wham?" And it was 1986, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's so good to get stuff out of your head. And mm. onto a page, yeah. there's something cathartic. There's something like it gives you permission then to not have to think about everything that's jumbled up in your brain because it's written down on mm. a piece of paper yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Um, is that something you would yeah. consider, Hannah? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And it gives me a really good excuse to go out and buy a really beautiful notepad and a gorgeous pen. (laughs) Definitely. So, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely definitely something that I will will do for sure. I want to ask you both, Nikki and Hannah, why you fear breast cancer coming back. What is it you are afraid of? Ultimately, Victoria, the, the the brutal, honest truth is I'm afraid of dying. <laughs> you know, that's that's the bottom line. I I, I don't want to die young. <laughs> I'm 38. I you know I don't want to die before I'm an elderly lady um, of breast cancer. I don't want to have to go through that fear again. I mean, it was just horrendous I I just can't imagine having to go through what I went through again and ultimately going through that to try and save your life because 
the bottom line is we don't want to die young. That's it. Too soon. You've nailed it. Nikki, what would you say? Yeah, Yeah, I think that's pretty fair Mm. statement, really. I think that's what everybody probably fears. I mean, it'd be nice to see me 60th next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely happening. (laughs) I had such such a crap 50th. I was completely bald. I looked like Gollum, you know, Um, and I just said to my my, my other half, and I was like, he went, what do you want to do for your 60th? I went, I want to party because I had a rubbish 50th. So. You know, next year yeah. that's got to be the big one, really, for me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of live every day as it as it goes. I think definitely. And I don't know if any of you relate to this as well. There's part of me that thinks, and I and I, I genuinely mean it when I say I don't spend any time thinking about it coming back. Now we're talking about it. Of course, I'm thinking about it. Hmm. But there's part of me that thinks, however brutal that mastectomy and chemo and radiotherapy was. I'm alive. I got. I kind of yeah. got away with it. I've been given a second yeah. chance, and I don't feel yeah. that if it comes back, I'll be so lucky the next time. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think that is definitely. That's definitely very true. That's. That's, that's really what you've just said is mm. pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, and the, and the, um, two of my friends have just been diagnosed in the last two weeks. One's just had their op already, and you know she's been petrified. And mm. so what I thought was. What the best way to, to deal with this is to help her out. I've yeah. done a care package for her and give her advice. Practical and, stuff. And practical stuff mm. that, you know, and people did that for me when I first got diagnosed. You know, a lovely girl called Tracy Young who used to work with us on tour and mm. she sent me a care package and I thought, how lovely is that? You know, so I've done that to a couple of friends of mine that have been diagnosed and it's just, it, it's that kind of, and having some friends to chat about it as well. It's, it, that's yeah. really, this is amazing, this podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Sharing and talking, it's it's what it's all about. And 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 also being honest, which you are being today, which I'm so grateful for. Um, right. I'm going to ask you, as I always do at the end of every podcast, what would you say to somebody who is listening right now who worries about breast cancer returning. Rachel, let me start with you. I would say that whilst it's really, really difficult coping with a diagnosis of breast cancer and worrying about it coming back, for most people, breast cancer won't come back. That's probably the most important it really thing is. that I can say. And I'm oh, sorry, can I have two things? Of course. My second thing, my second thing <laughs> would be find that support that is out there, whether it's through people who've had a diagnosis themselves, whether it's through a charity like Breast Cancer Now and our helpline. Find those people that you can talk to or use a forum in the middle of the night, that sort of thing, when you wake up and you're worried and you need to get something out there. Find those those resources and just park them so you've got them when you need them thank you and also let's mention your free helpline again Rachel you did mention it right at the beginning and you you offer email support as well don't you we do we do yes we answer hundreds of emails every week okay and and if people want to email you what's can you remember the address off the top of your head so if you if you go to uh, Mm -hmm. breastcancernow.org and you will find our ask our nurse email and if you want to call us our number is 0808 800 6000 we're open Monday to Friday and Saturday morning on the issue Mm -hmm. of forums really briefly before I come to Hannah and Nikki I found early on when I was diagnosed that people on forums were people who were, there wasn't enough positivity on some of the forums mm. for me. Yeah. And so I left them yeah. to one side because yeah. I suppose it's, it's human nature, isn't it? If you're going on a forum, you're worried about something. Um, and, and 
yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, I totally get how they're useful as well. I don't I don't want any, anyone to think I'm, I'm sort of bad-mouthing them. I'm really not. But I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. And it's finding your thing, isn't it? Exactly it's right. Whatever what works, works for, for you, you works for you. Exactly. Yeah. Hannah, what would you say to someone listening right now who is worried about breast cancer coming back? I would say grasp every little bit of support that you can. So I I probably wouldn't even be functioning in work right now if it wasn't for the support that I've been so lucky to have accessed. Um, I'm a, I have hypnotherapy once a fortnight through the NHS in Cardiff as a as a cancer patient, and it it, it it's just incredible. Um, Is that to manage help have, manage your anxiety? Yeah. Does it yeah, work to help manage? It's it's amazing. Is it? It's it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, prior to it, I thought, oh, is this all going to be a bit hocus pocus for me? Um, but it's it's just been fantastic. And she actually got me through my surgery, and and now she's she's with me until, um, well, it'll be five years time. I that's when my sort of free sessions mm. with her will will stop and. That's been incredible. She's been such a source of support for me, and I'm so grateful that I can get that on the NHS in Wales. Um, I also sought support through um, Breast Cancer Haven, which I know sadly don't exist anymore. Um, but they then put me in touch with um, is it EFT, uh, you know, emotional freedom technique tapping. So. I do some of that. I see the consultant breast nurse um, in clinic every few weeks who helps me with my anxieties and is preparing me psychologically for, for you know, the future and what's mm-hmm. to come. And it's through those groups I've met a brilliant group of women. We call ourselves the kick-ass women, so shout out to them. Oh. <laughs> and there's, there's, yeah, there's a small group of us, and, and we, we chat to each other pretty much every day. We've got a great group and give each other advice and support. And, yeah, I've accessed support through Penny Braun as well, who are an amazing integrative cancer charity. And there is a little nugget of uh, a golden nugget of advice that I'd like to give that has helped me. And it came from Penny Braun, actually. And they talk about sustainers and drainers and about having more that sustains you than drains you. And that's helped me with my anxiety a lot, making sure that I do things, lovely things, and I get the support I need to sustain myself rather than drain myself. And um, I actually gave myself a demotion in work as well. So um, I've dropped to four days a week. I don't work five days a week anymore. And um, for this year, actually, it's it's a temporary thing, but I'm, I'm not head of department anymore, which is what I've done for quite a while now. But I've taken a step down. And someone from Penny Braun said to me, you mustn't look at that as a demotion you must look as that you must look at that as a promotion in your life so and a promotion in health yeah. so I just thought I'd, I'd share that because all of that support and all of that advice has yeah it, it means that I'm not just 
walking around my house in a fog, yeah. to be quite honest. It's some brilliant yeah. advice from you there, Hannah. Thank you so much for that. Nikki, what would you say to someone listening who might be worried about cancer returning? Um, cancer returning, I mean, I, I again, I had the most amazing um, group of people. Um, I was lucky enough to be out in Surrey at the time, at the Royal Surrey. And uh, there's, there's, there's a part of the hospital, it's called the Fountain Centre. And I had two and a half years of counselling. And honestly, Caroline, who used to counsel me, she was incredible. She literally got me through all my treatment, everything, you know, even to continue on. I went to see her even after all my treatment had finished for quite some time. And I think, um, as as Hannah was saying, I think, you know, having those people around you, that those groups around you, it is good to join stuff. And I, and I agree with you as well, Victoria, there is quite a lot of negativity if you kind of you know, go online and stuff. I, I, I didn't really do that after a while. Um, but I think, you know, my breast care nurse and the team there were just unbelievable. Even, even two, three, you know, five years after the event, I can still ring Ingrid up in Royal Surrey and say, look, I'm really worried about this. And she'll say, right, we'll get you in, you know, and it's fantastic. And because it is scary when you, when you get, when they say to you after five years, right, off you go, and it's like, hang on a minute, you've been, all, you've been looking after me, like you know, in little wrapped up in cushions for the last five years, and then you're suddenly on your own, and that is quite scary. But you know, people like Future Dreams and all these other amazing places uh, are just, you know, you really do have to go out there and find it, really, and and have some positivity and good friends around you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all so much. Uh, really, something. In- uh, incredible insight into your own lives and your own experiences and also some, some incredible advice and managing techniques. So I'm really, really grateful. Nikki, you've mentioned the music industry a few times in yeah. this conversation and I want you to tell our listeners what you told me <laughs> before we started recording about your brother because I am going to dine out on this story forever. <laughs> Go for it. Well, just before we were coming on to do this podcast with you, I'd actually text my sister-in-law about something and she said, oh my God, Victoria Derbyshire. She said, um, so Paul said, oh, oh my God, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit, <laughs> I've got a little bit of a crush on Victoria. And Hannah said, actually, there's a photograph in the studio. And now I, now she mentions it, I've actually seen it at the, at the Black Barn. <laughs> Are you, so, so hang on a minute. And when Nikki says Paul, she means Paul, Paul Weller. Weller. So there is a photograph of me in Paul Weller's studio where he makes yeah. his music. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. You've literally made my year. There you go. Oh, Nikki. Please give him my regards, won't you? I will, definitely. Oh, wow. I'll make him listen to this as well. <laughs> was he was he supportive when he was actually. He, he came to. He came to. Uh, he asked me if he could come to one of my chemo sessions, and I think it was a bit of a shock for him. I remember <laughs> that that particularly that day. It was like my third chemo, and mm. Russell, my partner, had been absolutely amazing, taking me to everything. And the pair of them had to literally carry me out. I'd passed mm. out, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh my god, this oh, is horrendous," you know. And yes. so I think it was good for him to see that actually. Mm. And I remember he had a show at G Live um, that year. And he, and he got all the nurses from Royal Surrey. They all came for free to the G Live. And it was amazing. We even put on his um, one of his albums, you know, it's like, thank you for saving my sister. And Aww. it was just really lovely, Aww. actually. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Okay. I was going to say, Victor- Victoria, I think um, I think you might need a trip to Paul Weller's studio to see this. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I'm not going to put pressure on Nikki right now. I'm really not because that 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 
you know, he probably gets those requests all the time. Yeah. Listen, thank you, Rachel Rawson, Hannah Walsh, Nikki Weller. I'm so grateful. Thank you to you for listening. If you want more information from Future Dreams, just go online. There's so much out there. You can contact me at any time, day or night. I'm at Vic Derbyshire on Instagram or Twitter. And this has been a Six Foot Six and Factory Original production. Ladies, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity hopes you found this podcast helpful. We fund awareness, support and research. If you would like to help us do more, please text WeCare to 7500 to make a £5 donation or visit our website at futuredreams.org.uk forward slash donate. Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity will receive 100% of your donation. Text costs your donation plus one standard rate text message, UK only. Always get the bill payer's permission. We would like to contact you on your mobile phone with news and updates. If you would rather opt out, then please add no info to the end of your message. For example, we care no info. Thank you again for listening.